0: Hello and welcome to this month's motorsport December edition, the uh, the Christmas edition, or you might say the Christmas edition. We have got Cree back. Hello, hello, all the way. I am back from
1: the future. Yeah.
0: Well, you are you are from the future. The modern,
1: the, the marvels of modern technology.
0: Uh, it's our Christmas special, so we got Cree, we got Sam Green, hello, hello, and Alistair Walker.
2: Greetings, humanoid lifeforms.
0: Uh, Monty sends his regards, but he's too busy being French. Um, it's the award show for two thousand twenty-three. The motorsport award show are coveted. The, the things that the the big brands and drivers really do look for when they start in January. They're like, this year I'll be on the awards for Stereo Automotive. Yeah, this is the one they all really look for. None of that Autosport awards. This is the real prize. I mean, to, I mean to, to be on Autosport, all you have to do is just be a Formula One driver.
3: Yeah, exactly. You just or pay them.
0: Yeah, um, have the subscription. <laughs> Apparently, is the best way to be on the Autosport awards. Whereas uh, us, totally free. Well, we're, we're yeah. open to open to bribery.
3: I say we are open to bribery, but we haven't received any.
0: Yeah, yet. Um, so, without further ado. Let's go on with the awards, shall we? Yeah. Good. Same same format as last time. Basically, we'll read out the category, read out the nominations, discuss, and uh, say well done. But this year, we're going to start with the silly awards first, because they're more fun. Um, so we're going to start nearly at the bottom with the biggest disappointment award of the year. Sam, what are the nominations? Ooh, well, there is a lot of nominations for this one. Oh,
3: biggest <laughs> disappointment of 2023. The nominations are Nick DeVries, uh, Liam Lawson not being re-signed for 2024, Glickenhouse, the Macau Grand Prix, Monty's karting event, which I categorically do not d- agree with, just going to say, uh, F1 in 2023, by Coles in 2024, which is an interesting one for this year, uh, Sean's lack of articles, the CSR racing community, uh, and Ferrari and Mercedes in Formula One.
0: Now, this one was a hotly contested uh, thing. We had a grand total of four different nominate um, choices. But um, who wants to say the answer? Actually, Sam, you do. It. Who was the who was the, who, Who's the winner for the biggest disappointment of the year? Biggest disappointment of the year is Glickenhouse. Yes. Click Oh my God. Yes, Click House withdrawing from the WEC after not completing a single full season. Um, well,
1: how could it be the disappoint- Biggest disappointment of the year when everybody expected it to happen.
0: Well, that's why we're here. So let's so let's let's unleash our double barrel shotgun Alistair Walker to discuss why Gle- m- myself, him and Sam, I think no, just me and Al. Cool, we won that by ourselves. Why are <laughs> the disappointment of the. I democracy. Well,
2: I mean, when one of the least successful and least regarded teams in the WEC's history, and I'm sorry, I respect them for keeping trying, but Bycholz, Vanwall, they've never been successful. They still completed a full season. They did. House mm. moaned, bitched, and did not ever do a full season they also repeatedly squandered opportunities i think this year the biggest disappointment for me with glickenhouse and, and i think i had a small rant about this in an earlier podcast was the fact that as we came up to the sebring 12 hours the well the sebring thousand kilometers or thousand miles for the wc even it was reported in places that i saw that glickenhouse had done no winter testing really this despite missing the final two rounds of the WEC in 2022 put this into context so i one of the things i race in my spare time is remote control cars i did a solid month of testing for racing a toy car in a championship it's not a toy we're going to talk, call it a toy. It a, bit, a bit beyond <laughs> a toy. I spent a month testing a toy car, which is more testing miles than Glickenhaus put in, to go up against Ferrari and Porsche and Cadillac.
1: <clears throat> and by collars. And you wonder
2: why they didn't
0: do well. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean... It... Did by ever beat one of the Yeah. They beat him in the first race. Did they? Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, because... One of the Glickenhouses uh, exploded I don't think they finished uh, Sebring from memory they definitely had engine issues at Sebring
0: I think their brakes failed in Sebring
2: yeah
0: it's just Glickenhouse
2: to me is a story of ego outweighing potential it always Hmm. seems like I don't know it seems like Jim Glickenhouse always expected the BOP in the WEC to basically put him on level footing with Toyota and somehow he was going to pull out a victory. And he never did. I think, one, a lot of people fundamentally misunderstand the way the WEC's BOP works, because it's supposed to be balance of potential. So the cars should all be roughly able of hitting a performance window, but the team need to actually extract that performance from it, which requires, I don't know, testing and being used to your car. (laughs)
0: you're being unreasonable yeah. reasonable error <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it was like the first year they competed you'll be, say, you'll they a be saying they should have developed it as well i mean yes toyota put quite a lot of development effort into their car for 2023 if i remember correctly because toyota knew that they were about to face you know as i said earlier ferrari and porsche who are Last time I checked, not small names in sports car racing, and Glickenhaus somehow thought the same car they'd run in twenty twenty two with less testing was going to beat them.
0: Yeah, that's. I think this is probably my my, my reason I voted for them was twofold. One, because of what I said about them just basically spending their whole time moaning and not being a good sport, really. Um, the other was the fact that it's disappointing as a whole project because you know it was a it's a very pretty car it sounds good it looks good um it goes quite well when it's working properly and when it's you mm-hmm. know when it's um, at its full potential and the team's working well um the story of click and house is bad in the sense that they've they the insa thing is a different story you know what they're doing to the hypercars or not allowing the hypercars to do um, which is what Jim Clickenhouse references as why so they do stop. So it's
2: not that they won't allow hypercars; it's well, that they won't allow th- boutique manufacturers. If Toyota or Ferrari turned up, IMSA would probably give them a terrible BIP, but they would allow them to run. That's that's completely boutique, ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it's the boutique manufacturer issue, not the fact it's a hypercar regulation car yeah however it is probably the one place i do agree with jim glick obviously. yeah
0: right but no just the whole the whole way it's ended it's 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 probably a bit disappointing because it was predictable you know we, yeah. we've seen it coming for a, at least a year <laughs>
2: um it's a bit like we can already see that cadillac are going to withdraw from the wec in about 2024 2025
0: yeah i'll give it two years the Cadillac don't have a, have a brand outside of America so it's, but that's uh, that's for the next that's for the next awards or the one after um yeah have we got anything well that's that's, that's hell, so well done to your award um let's talk about the other ones quickly uh Liam Lawson F1 2023 and Nick DeFrees were the other nominations that got votes um, um Sam why'd you pick Lawson um
3: well I just thought he did a really really good job when he was in the car because of the bad job that Nick de Vries did. Uh, well, he was kind of in the car because Nick de Vries wasn't very good, and then Daniel Ricciardo crashed. So they put Liam Lawson in. Um, also
0: was serious. testing, I've, just like house
3: Yeah, completely blind on his first race weekend. Um, and I think he did a really, really good job generally. Because when you consider how much... Uh, experience he has in a Formula One car. We've obviously seen him in Super Formula and F2 and things like that, and he always does quite well in those. He um,
1: well, in Super Formula he nearly won the championship in his first year, and he only just lost out in the last round. Although it was uh, mathematically very difficult for him to win the road. to win the championship because of, I think he had a crash. That was it. He went. They went to Motegi, and he had a crash, quite a spectacular one, on the first lap. Because mm-hmm. he tried to overtake his teammate, coming out of the fair second corner, hit the grass, went a shot across, and then nearly rolled... Well, no, he did roll somebody else's car, um, so and that, that knocked his good. championship on the head. So, it was a bit exuberant, but he yeah. could have won... He could have done what Pierre Gasly did. What?
0: Also you know, I don't know where Pierre ended up. Gasly no, I thought Pierre won. No, he would have won. But oh, did he, he lose? Yeah, because the, the last round got cancelled by a typhoon.
2: Ah,
0: uh, Um uh, no, we just lost out.
2: We'll say other brands of huh. PR are available.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um I imagine Monty's choice about Nick de Fries is pretty much the counter for why Lawson yeah. didn't get the seat. Um pretty much.
1: Well, I mean in fairness to Nick de Fries, he did have a great showing in the Williams at Monster, and I think that bought him the seat, but
3: Yeah. Luke, from what I heard he just, going into the season, everybody was saying how mature sorry? He just didn't back it up this year. Yes, he did really well at one oh, yeah. I'm not going to say that. He did a wicked job. But he yeah. was just rubbish this year. I don't know if, if it was if it was oh. the car or whatever it was, but <clears throat> something just didn't come together for him. Well, I, we've... Well, I don't understand why. What... a
2: very talented driver, isn't he? He, he is. He's <clears throat> done a lot he of is, WEC yeah. driving. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's maybe just one of those drivers. We see them occasionally where Harley. you find a driver that's just terrible in Formula 1, but you put them in a different format of car and they can excel. The memory that always comes to mind is Gabriele Tarquini. I was
3: just about to say Tarquini, but Hartley's another one, you said you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, in
2: yeah, yeah. fairness,
1: Nick DeFries was an FE, no, no, it's not much, Formula E champion. That takes a bit Your FE's not the most... He's a world champion. It's just
2: engaging. A champion he's engaging. He's still, still a world champion. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. There's some fairly good opposition in FE, from my understanding, because you've yeah. got people like Andre Lotterer there, you've got, uh, yeah, a lot of yeah. good drivers. Nick And, Cassidy. and,
0: and Dan Tickton, along with the good opposition. Yeah, I mean, he's an outstanding driver. <laughs> How he
1: never made it to F1, I'll never
0: know. Um, Curry, your choice was for F1 2023. Just Yeah, it's just a bit of a shit season, wasn't it? <laughs> And on that bottom, I don't next ca- to Let's go to the next category then.
1: No, but anyway, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't take don't take anything away from from Max and his incredible achievements. But I know people don't want F one to be an entertainment sport, and it should be all about pure racing and all that jazz. But
0: oh, we'll get to that.
1: You couldn't have many of you couldn't have many of those seasons, and expect there to be a lot of people watching.
0: Well, that that does lead us on quite nicely like, to the next to the next category, which is the seriously moment of the year. <laughs> Yeah, um, who yeah. would like to, who would like to read out the nominations this time?
2: Yeah, I can read out the nominations if you like. I Go might on. do them in reverse order. Just I, I think
0: that's a good idea. Go on now.
2: So we have the Wolf Saga, the FIA WEC, the firing of Nick DeVries the <laughs> WRC Friday stage with Toyota, Ford, and Hyundai all crashing on one corner. And then finally, the Vegas Grand Prix, where the fans got kicked out from free practice two after eight minutes of track time.
0: Now, this one might shock some people. Others, it won't. With four four votes out of five. Al, who is the serious... Who was won the seriously moments of the year? I believe that's the Vegas Grand Prix. Yes, it is. Now, everyone but Cree votes for this. Now, to be fair, Cree... You were at WRC Japan, so let's talk about that very quickly first. What happened?
1: I mean, I wasn't there when I saw the cars at the stadium. I was there in the stadium well, you're, you're in, that, a, in the same fairness, country. the stadium... I was in the... Yeah, I mean, this. I, I did go to the event, in fact. Um, I was originally going to put the stadium stage to be my... I don't... I think I did, actually. Did I? Yeah, there it is. It's the most pointless innovation of the year. Anyway. But no, the, the reason I chose that one is just... It's not often you see two WRC cars end up in the same ditch at the same time, one after the other, I think it was... Um, and it, unfortunately, um, it meant that both the Hyundai and Toyota... Sorry, the Hyundai and the Ford that crashed both I think retired from the stage. Uh, and then the Toyota that crashed somehow managed to claw its way out. Somehow. Christ knows how. But it left a lot of damage and... Who's the Japanese dragon? I don't know his name. I should uh, know his
2: name, Takamoto but I don't know his
1: name. Katsuta. Yeah, there you go. Takamoto Katsuta. Um, he... I think he managed to get out, but had a lot of damage, and that basically meant um, he didn't do particularly very well in, in, in the event, which is a bit of a shame, because I think he did. I think he won, although he was down on time, I think he won the most stages for the WRC Japan event, which is quite... It's, at least it's something, considering he messed it up.
2: Yeah, it's a nice... Um, no, I nice, just a,
1: just... Yeah, I think for me it's just the serious moment is the fact that you've got these massively advanced WRC cars and they all end up in the same ditch. <laughs> it's not something you see every day.
2: I well, mean, it's
1: funny one photo. of the
2: things of the WRC... Oh yeah, it's the great I mean, photo, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter how fancy your car is, how good all of this is. The WRC can always throw up the weirdest of surprises.
3: Mm.
2: And... Mm. Yeah, when you're racing these cars on something that is not a racetrack,
0: yeah.
2: yeah, things do go wrong.
0: Speaking of going wrong, let's go on to the winner. Um, Vegas with 80% of the vote from us. Um, I think it's pretty slam dunk. It's a farce.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially that Friday. Like that. If I had paid for tickets for that, I would have been... Absolutely livid. No, no, saying you, mean, you don't just well, pay for tickets. how expensive some yeah. of the
1: tickets were. I was going to say, you you mortgage your house to get tickets. That's yeah. what you have to do.
3: Unless unless you buy them a few weeks before, in which case they were very <laughs> affordable because all the prices went down, <laughs> because no one would have bought them. Um, but uh, essentially, I think we all know what happened in Free Practice 1 with Carlos Science and the, uh, the drain cover. But um, just for anyone who didn't, he obviously hit that drain cover, destroyed the Ferrari, um, which led to a, a, long, a lengthy red flag. They didn't restart practice one, um, and decided to extend FP two because obviously the drivers needed to like learn the circuit a bit. Actually, um, they'd only had eight minutes of free practice one when it happened. Um, but the show staff, which is the, the company, I think, is the company that runs a lot of like the security. Um, around the grandstands and things like that, they were only scheduled to work until 1am. Uh, now, with this delay, FP2 started at 2am. So, rather than tell those members of staff, well, you're going to have a few hours of overtime, um, they sent the fans home. Yeah, because f
2: couldn't possibly other... afford overtime. No. Well, I think the other thing there is even if there's... I don't know if there was legal reasons why they couldn't have overtime... They probably should have let the fans know this further in advance of just ushering them out. They probably should have, like, they would have already known when their hard stop was. Because, I mean, circuits do have hard stops. We see this in circuits in the UK where they've got, like, a 6 p.m. hard stop on cars on circuit. And sometimes you can't move these things, but you need to let the fans then know about this. It wouldn't have been hard to put a Tannoy announcement out and tell people, "Look, we're going to have to ask fans to leave the circuit by 1am."
0: Yeah, Sam and I, mean, I, I, mean, I thing, d- it? Like, we discussed this in this one in Motorsport. Um, it's probably an insurance thing.
3: Yeah, I think it probably is as much <laughs> as anything. It's, it's a weird insurance clause or whatever? But, Which. Um,
2: like I say, I appreciate that you can't necessarily get around those sometimes, no, no. but I think it was the handling of it that really made a bit of a mockery of the organisation. The thing is, it's a bit of a shame, because I actually ended up watching that race in the end on the Sunday or the Saturday night, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I was I'd was i flown to America that weekend, so my brain was a bit of a fuzz, because I think I'd been awake for 36 hours and didn't understand what time it was. Or...
0: Surely you're used to that hour of your endurance races. <laughs>
2: I'm not normally up for 36 hours. At that sort of time, I start believing I'm a frog or something weird like that.
0: What? What do you mean, believing? You it's are like a frog. To me. <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, it was yeah. actually a decent and amusing race. And it's it was... a shame that some well, of yeah, the, the no, both off the track and getting the track sorted, kind of detracted from the whole weekend for them.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I was right. I think the overall the weekend the the event was really good i thought the race was quite it was very good but you you, do unfortunately have that yeah you do unfortunately have that stain you know it's Mm. like it's like having a nice nice white shirt and you can just see the coffee stain that's been left there from a couple of weeks ago when you had to wash it i think yeah Uh, it's a shame really
0: i sort of disagree i think the event was quite a farce from beginning to end I mean the, well, the not I don't think so.
1: Of
3: course the driver was. introductions what? were the, were quite funny. Did you see that where no. when the, Yeah, <laughs> they're all stood on a bloody
1: podium on the start finish line. Yeah,
3: that, there was that and it looked like something out of the Hunger Games. And then on actually on <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was on the race day on the Sunday like as as the drivers all came out to like the grid before the national anthem and stuff. Um they did the driver introductions where they had some like boxing announcer reading out the drivers' names, and then they would walk out onto the grid and get a round of applause from the from the crowd. But obviously, the drivers are all already there, so they're not coming out of anywhere. They're just sort of standing around waiting for their names to be called. And then no one told the drivers where they should go after they've been called. <laughs> so the that announcer basically screams in Checo's face, Sergio Checo Perez. And but, then you can yes. see... <laughs> just kind of stands there for a bit, and then you see him in the background just say well, where do i go now it was quite funny
2: i think that's an issue f1's having at the moment is
0: it's americanizing which it is, it is.
2: It's, it's not, not even at, that I...
0: at the
3: vegas grand prix there's gonna be a certain amount of that let's face oh, it, it. But
2: like...
0: there's too much there's also I think 400 it... races a year
2: yeah, I think this is the problem. I'm all for pomp and circumstance for big events like the Indianapolis 500, the but when you try and do that every race and mm. keep upping the ante on what is it now? 26 22 ish 24 20... Okay, so I'm not far. Too a, many. a very long calendar, mm. it kind of mm. it loses its impact to a degree.
3: Yeah.
2: I, I, mean, I get yeah. it's Formula One. There's always going to be a certain amount of pomp and circumstance and like ceremony before the race, but yeah, but it,
1: no, is there though? Al. I mean, it, like it you to at, If an you go back when amount really, yeah, but when you go back like ten years to when unfortunately F1 wasn't in America, there wasn't really any pomp and circumstance. It was just the uh, drivers went round the track on you know in their classic I do I, I think there
3: was because got there, on with it there would have been a bit less at every single race but at places like monaco or silverstone like the more historic circuits there was still a bit of like the the flag the 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 checkered flag coming out of a helicopter or like the the um i've seen it at silverstone the red arrows fly over and do a display just before the race starts and like stuff like that (laughs) at monza you also you get the um their their version of the red arrows—they fly up the straight. Don't, don't well, that, yeah. Well, I would up, I right?
0: would argue that, fifteen years ago, ten fifteen years ago, um, the race was more important than the showbiz around it. Yeah, you know? that's that's
3: I think the, ch- yeah. the key change here, isn't it? Is that they're 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 making more of the event and less of the race, whereas it used to be the other way around. Of the race was the event.
2: Yeah, realistically, the pomp and circumstance before the race should be sort of for a Grand Prix for a World Championship round should probably be sort of an hour, two hours before the green flag. It shouldn't be three days worth of movie references, giant LED screens, and reenacting the Hunger Games for some weird reason. (laughs)
0: Um, Let's move on to a more positive topic now, um, which is the moment of the year. And, and that's in a positive context rather than a negative, like the seriously one. Uh, I'll read these ones out. Uh, the nominations for Moments of the Year are Ferrari winning Le Mans, Monty's karting event, Suzuka, uh, sorry, not Suzuka, Super Formula, Suzuki R8, Sashahara, Crash over the barrier. No, no. What? Sasahara?
1: No, 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 no. It is, I've spelled that right. No, no, it is, no, no. It's Super Formula Suzuki. It, it, Suzuka, sorry. It is meant to be Suzuka. Bahrain. Uh, right.
0: you, on. you had one job here, Cree.
1: Oh, <laughs> round eight. Thank you. Round eight Sasahara crash over the barrier
0: Thank you. Uh, Iron Dame's victory at Bahrain, eight hours. And the grin that Dorian Pan gave Sam when he said, Mercy, Dorian. <laughs> that mom's a bit, <laughs> bit, bit walk. Yeah. <laughs> now. This wasn't is a tie. And it's not a tie with... (laughs) (laughs) It's not a tie with Dorian Pan, shockingly. Uh, Um, No, it's uh, the... the Can I I choose the winner, then? No. Uh,
1: Because mine didn't win, so can I choose the winner?
0: No, you can't. Um, (laughs) Why? Because it doesn't matter. Um, It does matter. Shut up, Cree. The moment of the year... Yeah, but it does matter. ...tied is the Iron Dames victory at... The Bahrain, eight hours. And Monty's Karting Event, which... What would you you pick, Ray? Uh, Monty's Karting Event. You weren't there. It was a good cause. It doesn't matter, it was a good cause. That's that's why we're happy having two winners. (laughs) (laughs) Right, anyway. Shall we discuss the Iron Dames?
3: Yeah. They had a smashing season, didn't they? They just got so unlucky... At various different races for various different reasons. Um, and for them to finally get a win at Bahrain in GTE's last race as well, I think it's uh, a, a good story for sports car racing and racing generally that a team that's tried so hard eventually gets the success that they undoubtedly deserved.
0: Well, we said it all. Yeah, yet. it's not like. We've, we said it all. Yeah, it's not they like. Deserved. Been... It's. Go on,
1: i was gonna say it's not like they've been put on a pedestal and then made their own racing series and then won their own racing series it's they've had they've worked immensely hard over many many years to formulate a fantastic team they've put together and then and rightly so they've they've got their win you know what a way to bookend gt yeah
2: yeah i Um, mean they've been on the cusp of it all season realistically i mean they have been really fast yeah the They've lost out over the course of the season to Corvette, but equally they've lost out to Corvette Racing, one of the most successful GTE teams, and Ben Keating, one of the most successful bronze-rated drivers in the WEC. Yeah. They have gone up against some hard opposition. And, yeah, Bahrain, they really showed their talent, I think, in the series. They really put their best foot forward. And they got what they deserved from it.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's um it, we give the W series a lot of stick here and I think rightly so. Um and a big part of that is due to what the Iron Dames do in the WEC and what, mm. you know, drivers like Dorian Pan, um Sara and all the others, they they do hang it with the the good the great and the good in top tier motorsport.
3: They are there on merit. They are there because they're fast, not because... They're girls. Yeah, basically, yeah. It doesn't matter who would be driving it. That car and that team did well. You don't need to look at the names to tell that.
2: No, and I think it shows the biggest flaw of the W Series, which is also not giving people anywhere to progress to. Mm. I really think they need to have their own sponsored F2 team as a step up from their series, really.
0: God, yeah, it's it's like it's said, like else listening so to our podcast, Sam, and um, agreed with us. But he's actually he's actually come yeah. to it. No, he has, he, I know he hasn't. So he's definitely come to it from his own, own volition.
2: I've thought that for many years. Yes, yeah, So
0: have so sure. we. <laughs> um,
1: Is it, do we ever think the Iron Dames female team will get... Because they're run by Iron Link. Mm-hmm. Are they not? Yeah, Iron Link. they so, any chance do we think they'll get a Lamborghini hypercar?
0: Maybe?
1: Maybe. I- I don't Not know. Next
2: I think year, maybe no. 2025. It, Lamborghini's hypercar program or LMDH program seems very limited in its first year. I think they're a little bit tight on budget because they're um, only running a single car entry in both the WEC and IMSA, whereas a lot of other teams are putting forward two car entries. So no, BMW, that's, that's because
0: VW Porsche. are wasting all their money on Formula One and that like. Mm. Yeah. yeah but if they get, let's
1: say they let's say they were able to get a bunch of cash so you know a couple of hundred million dollars <laughs> What's
0: the mafia right something
1: mad like that yeah pretty much yeah a female <laughs> mafia yeah I, um, the female. You know, all the funds that went all the funds that went into the f1 academy just so happened to end up at iron Dames' door do we think they'll get a lamborghini i, it think, so. I don't think
3: they deserve I mean. one i mean yeah I yeah mean, they I, do deserve one
1: yeah
2: it would also need to be a slightly different driver lineup. So the thing is, in GT at the moment, we have this pro am lineup. So mm. we need bronze drivers. Realistically, a bronze driver is going to hold the team back in the top class. They get more. You could
3: probably, yeah. But well, to be fair, this, I think Sarah Bovey's their that they're, they're bronze, isn't, isn't mm-hmm. she? Yeah. Um, yeah. But could, there's
2: enough good. You could pop her out for Dorian hat. There's one Dorian Pan, there's two, maybe seeing someone like uh, Sophia Flush, Michelle Gatting. Yeah, who I think I yeah. might be in the car already, but there's a good number of talented female drivers out there. Well, Leela Wadu, would be, to... That's sad, yes, Wadu would be perfect. Yes, Wadu would be perfect, actually.
1: You mean Jeremy Chadwick's not at the top of your list, you?
0: <laughs> That's I thought she'd bad. be
1: an
2: exceptional <laughs> candidate. <laughs> That's because I watch more sports car racing than I do single seaters. So, yeah, Leela would do.
0: It's actually actually decent. Um, yes, because she
2: uh, yeah, beat the Iron Dames to being the first um, woman to win in the WEC.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk yeah. about Monty's car race. Um, great result for Steve Automotive, second and third.
2: Yeah, yeah so this was Monty's Racing for Awareness for the National Autistic Society of Great Britain. But well, I get the plug in there. for Monty's I'm I'm glad you researched
0: here. that, out because I didn't. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I know it was the National Autistic Society. We raised over a thousand pounds for the charity. Um, so, yeah, really, really good. Uh, and ideally, you had
2: to do it single handed.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the race itself was, was great fun. Um, we hosted this at Rye House. Me and Monty did sort of got that all. He did all of the official organisation. I did the circuit side organisation of getting it on the calendar, getting it. Uh, entries in and things like that um and I did for 50 yeah, 50 that 50 50
1: that Sam.
3: Well, I'm not even claiming not claiming that but, okay. uh, <laughs> but from, from my team um yeah, so basically we had this bid for bid for pole didn't we of the whichever team raised the most uh was given pole position I managed to get that one so my team K1 stars thanks to our customers and uh and Friends and family, we managed to raise three hundred and sixty pound um, on our own, and then the circuit as well. Rye House, when we do a charity event like this, we give ten percent of the cost of the event back to the charity afterwards. So that was another five hundred pounds that went to them.
0: Result. Um, so. But uh, as we said, is yeah. for for a good cause as well, which is always a um, a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Cree, yeah, talk to us about Super Formula. Actually, no, know, Al, you did say your point first.
2: I was just going to say, yeah, it was a very fun event and yet yeah, almost needed to do it single-handed myself because I got told about 20 minutes before the driver's briefing that if my teammate, who had got caught in traffic, did not show up by the driver's briefing, then he couldn't race.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I guess, well, that's, that's a track insurance thing.
3: Yeah, he, we, uh, as much as I know, he'd probably be fine officially. He needs a briefing.
0: Um
2: not like we'd done karting endurance races before for a season.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cree, talk to us about the uh, Super Formula crash, which was spectacular. It was. It was. If anybody
1: has ever got a chance to watch it,
0: go watch it.
1: Because thankfully, everybody walks away from it. Um, but no, basically, Super Formula is quicker than F2, for people who don't know anything oh, about it. It's quicker than F2. It's probably the fastest single-seater series barring F1. I mean, it's faster than IndyCar, apart from the Indy 500 and all the ovals. It is the fastest single seat series. Uh, and Suzuka going through 130R, it's not a slow corner. <laughs> no, so you would think, if you were to go side-by-side side through 130R, that one of you has to give way at no, the Apex.
0: Don't be silly. Uh,
1: no, according to the Japanese, they don't give a shit. Excuse my French. Uh, no, so it was... I'm going to have to remind myself of the name of uh, Yukio Sasahara and I can't remember the other boat's name now. Uh, basically, Sasahara goes around the outside of whoever it was. And I wish I could remember their name now. Uh, but the other boat doesn't back off. And so consequently, they both meet at the apex. Um, and I think, what's like, north of 150, would we say? North what of 100 miles hour, yeah. an hour? Yeah. Uh, and the car, unfortunately, skips over the gravel smashes into the outside of the barrier, rolls over the tyre barrier, into the catch fencing, breaks the catch fencing, and then if you remember, if anybody remembers how Suzuka is, it's a figure of eight tracks. So the 130R is where they go over the top of the lower part of the track. So as you go through 130R and turn left, about 500 metres after the apex is the bridge just after the Degna, second Degna. Is it Degna? Yeah, they're called De- Degna, aren't they?
0: Degna on Degna two. Probably
1: was the Degna 1, Degna 2. So Sasahara's car ends up... No, sorry. No, no, sorry. The They turn over the bridge. Anyway, basically Sasahara's car ends up inside the Degna 1 and Degna 2 corners, down the side of the slope. And it's somehow he just gets out and walks away. Yeah, slides down the banking and somehow just gets out and walks away. And is- I believe he was there at the next round. Yeah, he was absolutely like, incredible
3: I think he had some minor injuries didn't he but nothing yeah. like severe I think he had mean, an overnight
1: right? stay in the hospital and that was it
3: yeah. I, I don't think the, car... I think the
1: car was destroyed the car yeah. was destroyed I think the engine had, had, had separated and all, basically if you remember Roman Grosjean's crash from Bahrain it's that but without the fire yeah it was just the tub left wasn't it there was nothing on it yeah it was it was literally just the tub left nothing
3: on it uh, credit to Lara. like what? what a great chassis they've built there the fact that he managed to not only survive that crash but walk away yeah. is p- pretty impressive um like with virtually no injuries very very impressive yeah. um from their point of view um and we've said it before and we'll undoubtedly say it again the talara is probably the best chassis manufacturer in the world and they probably get the least credit uh, for i can because they always do the Single make series that you don't necessarily uh, see. Well, no, I, the, I, put, I put them forward
0: every single year for ma- <laughs> manufacturer the year, and you always go, "No, they're not a real manufacturer."
3: <laughs> no, I don't think I say that. I say they're I a can parts name, manufacturer. <clears throat> yeah.
1: I can name another team, another manufacturer, Nissan. Two years in a row, they've had massive accidents, and all drivers have thankfully walked away. Obviously, some both of them, I think, went to the hospital. But um, in Super Super GT, there was a massive start-finish line accident at Fuji uh, last year. And then this year, um, one of the Nissans, unfortunately, ran into the back of a Lamborghini, coming out of 130R again. So we're still talking (laughs) 120 miles an hour. Ran into the back of a Lamborghini, exploded, or went up in flames. uh, And yeah, there was nothing left of that chassis, and there was nothing left of the chassis at Fuji. So I'd like to put Nissan forwards to be best chassis of the year.
2: I'm going to argue with you here, Cree, because they're GT500 cars, and those chassis aren't manufactured by Nissan, are they? They're a, they're a spec tub <laughs> GT500. So really yeah, but they're still tasty... made by they're still made by Nissan. What? I didn't like think Lego. the Lego? This... Like the tub itself? No, I think they're made different. by Nissan. Are you sure? I think we're going I to have that, to go I away and this... research this because
1: I think they're spec, but I think <laughs> Nissan made the chassis.
3: We'll get back to you on that They have to yeah. make them
1: to specification, <laughs> but I think they may... Because yeah, I, I know that I would... there was only... There was only three chassis ever made at the moment because for the new Z car, they had to make a new tub. And there was only three made, two two that raced, and then there was a test one. Anyway. At Fuji, they wrote off a chassis, which then the test vehicle then became that chassis. And then after Fuji, uh, they didn't write off this chassis this year, but it, they did have to put a lot of repair into it.
0: Back to the point. Well done, Iron Dave's and Monty's casting event for the moment yeah. of the year. Right, let's move on to the next one. Um The most useless innovation or pointless innovation of the year. Uh, Sam, do you want to read these ones out or Cree?
1: No, I can do this one. Go for most it. The most pointless Cree. innovation of the year was the Red Bull Young Drivers Program, the Le Mans Safety Car Rearranging Procedure, F1's Wet Weather Tires, and the Japan Rally Stadium stage.
0: Now... Create the results in front of you. And from the
1: winner was the Red Bull Young Drivers Program.
0: The Van. most
1: useless innovation.
0: Yeah, so congratulations, Why isn't it Red Bull. The
1: most useless innovation when it's. I'm glad you asked. But it's been around for ages. So it's not an innovation. Is but it's it? useless. Yeah, but it's not an innovation, though, is it? Because it's already been around. You can't just innovate. That's like saying.
0: Well, maybe they shouldn't. A know, boiler it.
2: is an innovation, but it's been around for ages.
0: It's the most useless I mean, thing.
2: I, I, They're trying to find their new up-and-coming drivers, which would be fine if they, one, didn't cut them down all of the time and fire them more than a series of The Apprentice. (laughs) Yeah. And if they actually had somewhere for them to go, because realistically right now, no driver in in the Red Bull Young Drivers program can become world champion. I'm quite blunt on this quite often in Formula 1, but right now because of the way Formula 1 works and because of the internal politics of a lot of these teams, the only driver from the four Red Bull cars, and yes there are four Red Bull cars, I will die on that hill, <laughs> is Max Verstappen. None of the other drivers can win a championship until Max Verstappen retires from F1 or leaves Red Bull, and I don't see him leaving Red Bull. So yeah, yeah the oh, their young drivers program is... Kinda of pointless at this point. When Max Verstappen starts talking of retiring, then it might have a point. But until then it's to us, mostly a WEC feeder program. It's great for <laughs> it's great for developing W E C drivers. I mean Brendan Hartley came through it, uh I think Bohemi came yep. through it at some We'd, point years yeah. ago. Who was one of the more recent ones to come through it into the WEC?
0: Uh Nick well, D- the Costa.
2: There we go. So yeah, great Red Bull Young Drivers program. Great at developing WEC champions. Not very good at developing
0: F1 Red Bull drivers. F1
2: drivers, but that's mostly because of internal team politics and how ruthless F1 is. This is kind well, of... Well, I mean, to, to be honest with you, when Max Verstappen turns up, nobody's going to beat
1: him. So why would you put... I mean, as much as the fact you should put all your eggs in one basket... When you're on basket is Max Verstappen, where else do you put your eggs?
3: Yeah.
0: Well, no, I, I mean, I know, like I know exactly know.
1: what you are. You are 100% correct. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong, but when you have a driver like Max Verstappen, where do you put your eggs? Where else would you put them?
0: Well, most of them go know, to No, this comes
1: from a team point of view, but the, this is the yeah. trouble, isn't it? This is the point
3: uh, that... They there's nowhere for those young drivers to go because they're investing yeah. all their money into Max, which is understandable when he's as dominant as he has been but it's still if I was one of those drivers I'd be looking elsewhere already, there's no if you, well, you're not going to get into that seat you're ne- never going to win a championship with Red Bull we
2: within saw this... the next
3: five, six years at least
2: We saw this very pointedly, didn't we with um, Oscar Piastri who left Alpine essentially because the seat was blocked by an incumbent driver that was never going to get the boot essentially in Alonso and the only reason that Piastri would have got the seat is because Alonso decided of his own volition that he was going to leave if Alonso hadn't left Piastri would never have gotten that Alpine F1 seat he basically would have languished as a test driver and
0: been wasted along with all the other F2 drivers who don't get F1 shots these days
2: in all honesty, with how things have progressed, he probably would have ended up in Alpine's LMP car, in the LMDH car, instead of Mick Schumacher.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I was going to say, I like Mick Schumacher.
3: Um, I read something this year about this the Red Bull Gun Driver programme, um, and it's about two-thirds of the current F1 grid have been in that programme at some point in their career.
0: That's all well and good, but then you the reason I didn't pick the Rebel Young Driver Program is because I picked Le Mans Safety Car procedure. But if that wasn't there, I would have picked Rebel's Young Driver Program easily, because just look at the drivers going into twenty twenty four. You have Verstappen. yeah, fair enough, he's come through quite late on, but he he went through the Young Driver Program. Mm-hmm. Um, he then he's got next to him Sergio Perez, who had nothing to do with Rebel. You then have Yuki Tsunoda, who. Is he a Red Bull young driver? Okay. Is he that good? No.
1: He's a Honda Red Bull driver. I mean, he's more Honda than Red Bull. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, I think you're <laughs> probably right
1: there. Okay. Free. The only reason Yuki Tsunoda kept his seat this year is because Honda wanted him there. To...
0: Okay. Well, the, I would well, say that he's all... proven them wrong, but at the same point. But the, well, then again, people are saying he's going to go to Aston Martin when they get the Honda engines in a couple of years. Hmm. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. will
1: do yes. Yeah.
0: And then, the money in and this then, case. my point is that after after that, the fourth driver, Daniel Ricciardo. Who? How old is he? Oh, he's 58, I think. 58. Um 58. Is is he a young driver these days? No, no. So what's he's the... that
3: Red Bull. Like <laughs> once you've reached the top team, you can't be classified as a young driver anymore. In he's my he's
0: 34 apparently. Oh, there you go. I wasn't actually that far off. So I think it's a complete failure of the young driver program when you have your young driver go in do a bloody good job as we've said before with um, nominations for uh Lawson, Liam Lawson yeah and not get the nod so what's the point of the young driver no, program No it's not,
2: a, it's not a especially failure. when you're Look at... also wasting essentially the what I'd say is the least deserving F1 team on the grid in AlphaTauri because alpha tauri should not be on the current F1 grid with arguments that have been made there was arguments made from some within formula 1 i think when um, andretti and cadillac were wanting to join about what value would they add well alpha tauri adds zero value to f1 what but debate would are you? That
0: it, you no but well, you could say that were three teams on the grid
2: no but the thing is alpha tauri are just red bull's development driver development team I would argue they actively take away from the F1 grid because most of the teams are out there to do as good as well as they possibly can. AlphaTauri are there to do a little bit less good than Red Bull. Yeah, they're never going to be like even Haas at their worst or McLaren at their worst are still pushing for their best. AlphaTauri are only ever pushing to be third place, and that is a waste of an F1 grid spot. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. So do I. That's me being very brutal. I mean, even yeah. when they,
0: even when they're Toro Rosso, I suppose
2: it was less. It was less, well, it was less it. bad. Yeah, it was less bad because there wasn't maybe so much blocking of new teams at the time as well. But I mean, the point is, Red Bull have this driver development team, and like Sam said, they're wasting it on not actually bringing new drivers through at the moment. They're just essentially. They're bringing them up through Formula Two.
0: Oh, they had six drivers in Formula they... Two this year. Yeah, this is the
3: trouble. What? There's six. There's when you look at the grid in Formula Two. There's like a third, again a third of it is Red Bull livery because they're all young drivers for them, and then all of those drivers just have nowhere to go because you've still got Yuki Sonoda and Daniel Ricciardo in the Alpha Tower. Liam Lawson in Super drivers. Formula. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like,
2: argue as well. It's getting harder to get because. The other option for those drivers in the past would have been to sidestep over to sports car and i think that's actually getting harder now with the number of very talented gt drivers we have and very talented sort of drivers we've had in p2 the sports car side of the racing world is absolutely stacked at the moment mm. yeah so, i had
1: that um he's
0: got he's got good hands i've heard he's quite good. what does he want to go to the rebel young driver program no no but i heard he's
1: got you know that rossi is he's a good rookie
0: Uh,
2: he's a very very good rookie but my point would be as well he's an exceptional he's an exceptional rider he's a very good driver but i'd say because he's done car racing before he stepped into it full time because he'd done things like the dubai 12 hour and things like that in the past with ferrari
3: a quite a lot of rallying
2: as well actually he had actually yeah but i mean it's not like he stepped into gt racing and was an instant success he had to really work to get those first wins mm. i think yeah. that shows the quality of the grids there and i think that's that's going to make life difficult for some of these red bull junior drivers they're going to find drives eventually but yeah, they're they're not going to have the easiest time of it. I don't think.
3: No, definitely not.
1: Right. Shall we go over the other nominations then, Sean? Sean. Have we
3: lost the so leader? I I nominated for this the the full wet tire in Formula One. Yeah. Now. I'm i back. This is Yeah, I think we're yes. back. Okay, um, cool. So the wet tyres in F one. Uh, now the reason I picked that is because if it appears if they if there's enough water for them to be useful, there is then too much spray for the drivers to see. Partly because of the tyre, because they're so effective, but also because of the general formula in F one now where it's all underbody from the diffuser, so there's a lot of spray from the cars. Now, we've seen sessions being delayed and things like that for weather. When you look at the track and you go, really, that's not a lot of water. Um, It's not standing water that's the issue. It was the spray and drivers not being able to see, which is totally understandable. I completely get where they're coming from. But surely something needs to be done there and there's no point having a a wet weather tyre if the intermediate is the one they're all going to use. Just make that the wet. And if it gets that wet that they can't use the intermediate, then you should maybe think about stopping. I
1: think well. the funniest common asshole was that Pirelli even admitted
3: that it was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, they took these tyres all around the world to every single race. They presumably have uh, an expiry life, as these tyres mm-hmm. so often do. I don't know what that would be on a, one of those wet tyres. Okay, so realistically, those tyres potentially didn't even go on circuit and had to be scrapped. Um, and the thing is as well I think in Formula 1 as soon as they're put on a rim because of the way they have to be secured to the rim they can't then take them off and reuse them on a different tyre so they either stay on the rim and get shipped around the world on the rim which I don't think Pirelli allow the teams to do uh, or they get scrapped so a lot of the time these tyres were shipped around the world just to be thrown away Um, so it seems like Pointless, absolutely pointless. Um, just get rid of them and use the intermediate. Make the intermediate slightly better, um, and go from there.
0: Really, I think. In the same vein, um, uh, getting rid of Le Mans safety car regulations—they have been got rid of for next year. Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad. This almost. I I, I, this is. Didn't... We'll get to this, but this is why I didn't vote for Le Mans for the race of the year, because the safety car rules ruined it.
2: Yeah, I think. I can see where they were going with it. I think their rearranging procedure was what it was kind of what did them in. The idea of going down to just a single safety car is probably a good thing for Lamar in all honesty, because yep. the three safety car system has actually ruined races before. I think it was the twenty sixteen GTE race was completely ruined by one of the safety cars. However, they really needed a snappier, faster way of resorting the grid or even just not resorting it, just bunching everyone up behind the safety car and then letting them go. It's not like LMP2 drivers and LMH drivers are not capable of dealing with GT traffic. Having the other way
0: having one or three safety cars won't make a difference in the anything but the top class for ruining a race. No, because it's
2: ruined GT races before. That's yeah, my that point.
0: that will still happen with one safety car. But as you say, what this ruined was the whole race because it took half an hour to sort them out. It was ridiculous.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I say I don't. I think the safety car rules had some good and had some bad. I think the single safety car was an improvement the rest of the process really needs overhauling, but I believe that has been put in place for 2024. So yay. yes. Yes.
0: Right. Cree, WRC stadium. Why did you vote for that?
2: Oh, yeah, no, I went to this. I went
1: to it and it, on paper, it sounds like a fantastic idea, but as previously mentioned in the seriously moment of the year, when two of the, f- I think this is an inherent problem with the WRC as opposed to just the event. Um, when two of the contenders fall out and there's only about eight cars on the grid for um, the actual WRC class. Rally 1, yeah. Um, and you only get Rally 1, yeah. And you only get six competitors. I think, no, I think it was five, actually. Because um, the event was you had the five or six WRC Rally 1 cars. They had five or six Rally 2 cars. They had a couple of Rally 3 cars. And then that was it. I mean they had they had the Japan rally national people there to basically make up the numbers. but they didn't yeah, it really didn't work. Half the problem was the the rally One cars were brilliant because they had lots of noise. it was really exciting. But get past a rally two car to so the rally three, which made up about seventy percent of the the event, was the rally three and the national cars. There was no noise. So it was just a bit
2: boring, a bit mundane, a bit sort of meh. Because you're, telling me you didn't like the da- you're telling me you didn't like the Daihatsu Kopen Rally car then?
1: Oh, no, that was the best part, was the Daihatsu <laughs> Kopen
2: Rally car, which is, so for the people who don't know,
1: Japan has a lovely set of rules for K cars, which are small cars, which have a CC limit of 660 CCs, and it's 89 brake horsepower, I believe. And somebody entered a stock, yes, stock, Dahatsu coupe and rally car. This thing was the slowest thing out there. It was the only. It only ran on its own because it would be embarrassed by everything else. But you have to give credit to the bloke who drove it because he was committed.
0: Well, that's technically a Toyota Works project then.
1: Well, yeah, I think I timed. I think the the other problem was they were just too short. Like the actual, you could have done with two or three more laps than what was given because I think. The rally one cars were completing the event in about thirty seconds. Right, I so you had he about thirty is... seconds of a
2: fun and excitement, and that was it. When these super specials were introduced to the WRC, which I think was in the early nineties or the late eighties, you had a much bigger grid of cars competing. So this was yeah. in the Group A era, and then we had yeah. this through the the early WRC regs era. So when we had the um like the Focus WRC and the Zara WRC. So there was a lot more cars rotating through in these eras. I think the format just hasn't been changed to reflect what the WRC is currently. <clears throat>
1: yeah, right. I think the other problem is it's, there's just no jeopardy. Like, they, it's at the end of the day, although they were running at the same time, it's just a time trial. That's I
2: mean,
1: just, yes. well, there, there wasn't any sort of excitement from it
2: that's rally and people have lost rallies on the super special i think carlos Sainz lost a rally in the 90s on the super special by hitting a barrier and rolling his car over
0: but speaking of jeopardy let's move on to the big topics now the 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 ones that they really want to win right the next category is team of the year sam oh it's a close one this it it was a close one sam yeah who were the nominations
3: uh, the nominations for Team of the Year were Toyota Gazoo Racing, in all their entities, uh, Corvette Racing, from the World Endurance Championship, uh, Ducati, and I presume that is for... World
0: Bikes and MotoGP.
3: Okay, I was going to say, in all of their entities, and, of course, Dallara, um, as mentioned earlier, for their chassis. Now, the winner
0: for Team of the Year was... Toyota Gazoo Racing again with eighty percent of the vote. Yeah, um, Sam, do a very quick what on to Corvette? Yeah, Corvette. I, I think they did a really good job this year
3: in the in the GTA um, with with Ben Keating funding a lot of that. It's technically not Corvette now, is it? It's Corvette Racing, which is Ben Keating's team. Um, because they were going to be withdrawing, and he bought the car if that, if I've remembered that correctly. Um, so it's good to see them on the grid. I think they did a very good job. They won the championship really early. Um, it's a fair play to them. I think that's impressive to be winning it that early in what is a very close series generally.
2: I think the um, other thing worth noting with Corvette this year is the fact they won Lamar from a lap down.
3: Yes, that was pretty impressive. In-
2: considering how close gte even in the gtm era has been that was a really impressive win
0: but not mm. as impressive as toyota were through the vast majority of the year
2: yeah toyota yeah, they... just turn up and win things they won the wec they came very close to winning Lamar. They i think
0: should have won them on. <laughs>
2: realistically Lamar was a very close I think it was 20 seconds in the end it was a very close finish and a very well run race by both teams imagine if Toyota and, hadn't, hadn't
0: had nails through their feet
2: and then yeah we also have Toyota winning in the WRC and in Rally Raid and supporting multiple other projects so yeah I think it's very hard they, won, to they won
1: Super, GTA. They won super GTA and GT and
2: GT300 they did win guys, Super but... GT, didn't they? Uh, the Zent car, if I remember correctly. The red one. No, it was AU Toms. Oh, was it AU? You... I believe yeah. I'll have to double
1: check.
2: <laughs> I remember the AU Toms. Was... But yeah, so the well a- done Toyota it, on winning just about everything other than Formula One this year.
0: <laughs> Again, that's got to be their second win in a row here.
3: It is quite funny when you see the pictures from like the FIA Awards Gala where they have all of the like big FIA championships. <laughs> so you have Formula 1, the World Endurance Championship, the World Rally Championship and W2RC which is the um World Rally Raid Championship. Um it's a silly name but it, it's Dakar basically. And of the four cars there Three of them were Gazoo Racing Toyotas. It's going to be even worse than WRC. It's going to be worse than WRC
1: because
2: they're running Rally 1 and Rally 2 next
3: year. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So they're going to win both of them
2: as well. Excellent. Well, I mean, they've got to run Rally 2 because Rally 1 is on its deathbed and multiple people are lining up to pull the plug.
0: Mm. (laughs) Probably Mm. probably except Toyota because they just don't do that apart from F1, thankfully. Um,
2: yeah, I, I think even Toyota can see the writing on the wall, and that's why they built a
0: rally can car now. If they can win with it, I don't think they'll care. Um, let's move on to the next one. Uh, rookie of the Year. Now, this one was a very, um, a very open, wide-open field, wasn't it, Sam? Yeah,
3: it really was. There's a lot of nominations for this one, so should we rattle through <laughs> them quite quickly? Uh, if, if you wouldn't mind, mate. Yes, yeah, so rookie or debutante of the year, as we have phrased it. The nominations for that were Oscar Piastri for his Formula One performance. Um, Oscar Piastri, Oscar Piastri, Oscar Piastri, or Oscar Piastri, and the winner. I
2: think you missed one. There's do not write in blank space. Uh, <laughs> yes. um, and the winner. I had a great
3: season. Yeah, I mean, the winner, I don't really need to say this, do I? It's Oscar Piastri for his season with McLaren in Formula One. The
0: only category that got 100% of the vote. Yeah, it was
3: absolute landslide. Um, yeah, he just had a we really apologise for year. anybody else. Yeah, we
1: apologise for anybody else that had a debut on the
3: season. I did consider it. Liam Lawson for this, but I thought he didn't really do enough races I to. I
0: considered Rare Harakawa. But I yeah, that would be was. Yeah, would... I think he made his debut this year. Yeah, it wasn't was right? Yeah. It... No, he was
1: at Le Mans last year, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Yeah, I'm sure he was at Le Mans last
0: year. Either way, Piastri did better. <laughs> yeah, he did a really good job. No, I'm uh, sorry, no, no, laps,
1: no, you are right.
3: Podiums, 97 points, ninth in the championship. Doesn't really tell the story of it, to be honest. Um, I mean, he's had what? He won. He won a sprint i know you don't like the sprint sean but nope. to win is, is still pretty impressive um
2: especially just... considering that mclaren are not exactly the top team at the moment or no i mean
3: they've come good towards the end of the year but you have to say they're not they weren't brilliant um but yeah i mean second at japan on the second on the grid in japan um first podium was Azerbaijan uh no sorry where was it uh no that was it Suzuka um but yeah just did a really good job generally and was pretty quick he didn't break the car is so it's important that a rookie hits his marks and and does a decent job irrespective of his um his actual results but Oscar got the results as well um at the end, I think he did really well, generally.
0: You're right, Herakar was a Toyota last, last year as well, so he couldn't even win it, even if he wanted to. There you go. So, hey, Astri did what
1: Nick DeVries should have.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that's not. Really? And it's what everybody expected him to do
0: as well. Well, and Logan yeah, Sargent. I mean, no, he was crap as well. We're expecting Sargent. I well,
1: know we expected Logan to write the world you. Uh,
3: I was expecting DeVries to, to do a lot better than he did, arguably in a car that's not as good, but he would have thought he'd be doing more like this kind of job. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's good for the team as much as anything. Um, just purely because it, when you've got two drivers, because Lando's very capable as well when he's not got this race win yet, but as soon as he does, I think there'll be no stopping him.
0: Well, um, either that or McLaren will implode again.
3: Yeah. But I think I will get the popcorn. <laughs> it's it's good momentum for next year. Um, the, they've got two... Good drivers. And and although Lando's probably still the number one, just on experience as much as anything, uh, various points this year, um, Oscar Piastri was quicker than his teammate, and that's that's important. But you've got two drivers who are actually both capable of getting podiums, which yeah, from a constructor's point of view, is very
0: important. He did what Ricardo hasn't done for the last two years. Basically,
2: yeah. Well, it's one of those things. It's important until it becomes a problem. Which is what Mercedes had a few yeah.
0: years well, ago. Yeah, yeah, So why don't Oscar Piastri, um, if you'd like yeah. a, if you'd like a medal or something, then we'll get you one. Um, yeah, I can't guarantee. It'll also, be right. But... Yes, yeah, so.
2: fact with Oscar Piastri, he raced remote control cars. I found out. Legend. Hmm.
0: There you go. Was he any right. good?
2: Well, I found this out from a photo his mother posted on social media of some of his old racing trophies, and some of them were karting, and some of them were RC classes, because I oh. recognise the class names.
0: Well, there you go. There you go. Full, full, Fully deserved winner. Um, next one, Race of the Year. Um, Al, what were the nominations here?
2: So, the nominations here were the Singapore Grand Prix, the Indianapolis 500, the Le Mans 24-hour, and the Monza 6-hour.
0: Yep, Le Mans and IndyCar making their usual appearances. Um what's the result?
2: So I believe we have a tied result here between yes. Le Mans and Monza. So good year for the WEC. Yes.
0: Yeah. And um, I picked the winner again. Um, no. Monza. <laughs> you weren't there. You know who was there, though? We Maybe were. You short. Yeah. Can you, can you tell where the votes came from?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, It was just—I've not been to a proper race at Monza before. We obviously went there after Le Mans in 2015, didn't we and we were there longer than we should have been, but we weren't actually intending to. Yeah, we did. We
1: did, didn't we, Sam? Sam and I. We did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where were you, Sean?
0: I was at home. I was at work. (laughs) I think. Um,
1: Okay.
2: But I had to um run to the Swiss border in a dangerous sports car with only one headlight. Yes, that
3: was the day we all depended to basically we we're like, right, we'll see you in Switzerland. We're just gonna go every <laughs> man itself. because uh, we spent far too long looking at vintage cars at Monza. Um but I have to say, going there for world endurance, everybody was really nice. We had no problems like I said to a few people, oh yeah, I'm going to Monza this year, a few people went, oh be careful around Monza, there's a lot of crime and things like that, saw none of that, yeah. absolutely none of it um, everyone was nice it was very, very hot
0: I had five pizzas um,
3: yep, yeah, Sean had a lot of pizza, it was great um, we, it, was, it was just a really it was a good trip, but the race itself was really good as well, it was an excellent race Peugeot weren't
0: awful no uh, one
2: of two races where Peugeot weren't awful.
0: Um, the Iron Dame should have won that race. Well, I'll we'll stand by that until. should have won it by a country mile. Yeah, it was a fantastic event. It, well, even at the front, it was a fantastic event. LMP2 did what LMP2 does. Uh, by yep. by collars finished. Yeah, yeah. I,
3: I still the, the the one of the notable things I think for me was on that race day when. The what I can't remember if it was the 50 or the 51, but one of the 499s was wheeled out of its garage onto the pit apron and the entire grandstand started giving it a rapturous well, round. that, was, of that was on the Friday. Well, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, that was the Friday. And the Friday, actually, I have to say, good note for World Endurance Championship, Friday tickets completely free. I forgot there that. There was no pay at all. So there was actually school trips. There was school trips to the World Endurance Championship. There was primary school children sitting in grandstand watching the car that won Le Mans a month earlier go round Monza. Um and I think that that's very very important for a series like that of, of that's how you make new fans. Mm-hmm
0: um well that's the other difference and... we've, we've I've spoken about this many times before but it, it it carried on you know the the big crowds were on all three days it wasn't just on yeah the friday absolutely. or just on the sunday it was and i mean
3: i with both i think well we've all been to world endurance races i think we've all been to silverstone as well um and you even get it a little bit at le mans where it, the, the the grandstands are busy at the beginning of the race And then people kind of filter out and they disappear and they'll go and watch from somewhere else or they'll go back to the campsite for a a barbecue or whatever. Um, Not at Monza. That that did not happen at Monza. The grandstands were packed for the whole race. People just didn't move. The only places people went was to get water and
0: food and they came straight back (laughs) to their seat. Yeah, only because it was like 35 degrees or something stupid.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I think the track temperature was something like 53 degrees. It was so hot.
0: Yeah. But they gave you that... free water taps, so we made it liberal use of that. Yes.
2: I think that brings us neatly, though, on to the round before, which was our tide winner, which was Lamar itself. Yes. Which, yeah, had something I've never seen at Lamar, which was it was sold out. 325,000 yeah. people. And, and just,
0: just for reference, uh, Formula One, that's actual real people, um, not what you say you sell every single weekend even though your track capacity is only 100 000 just yeah wanted to make that one clear
2: yeah no the, the lamar circuit was actually at capacity this year i have never seen it this busy and honestly as much as i do agree with sean to a point that the safety car the half hour it took each time to sort it was stupid a disappointment in the tempo of the race The race itself was a really intriguing race, especially in Hypercar, where I think we had every manufacturer lead at some point. It just. I was saying to my partner, Taylor, at the time that I could not figure out who was in command of that race at points. And it made for a really interesting race. And the fact that we were stood there, I think, halfway through the race, and there was a Peugeot leading Lamar again. That was a highlight. It was incredible. And then, yeah, the disappointment when said Peugeot then hit the wall. I have my own personal video of this damaged Peugeot scraping its way through the um, Indianapolis and Arnage complex from the banking there. Yeah, the that's like my colleagues say here though: the grandstands at Le Mans absolutely packed at the start of the race, and the area around the start finish was just an absolute sea of humanity. But it was an exceptional race and to counter the noise that the ferrari caused at um monza the ferrari caused absolute silence at Lamar <laughs> towards the end of the race when the thing <laughs> wouldn't fire oh, and yeah. the entirety of the main circuit enclosure at Lamar fell silent and i thought we were about to see a repeat of 1991
3: well Sean had a similar thing at Monza with the bicollers a few times where he just sort of sat in his pit box with the headlights yeah, but... flickering as it tried to fire up and then it eventually got going.
2: That we expect from the bicoll. <laughs> when, when it's the race leading car right at the end, because this is exactly what happened with Mercedes in ninety one. They were leading, they had it, they pitted, and then the car wouldn't fire. And everyone knows what happens next. The Mazda came and won. Yay! And yeah, uh, it seemed like we were close to that this year, but yeah, I think that though probably neatly brings us on to Car of the Year. Well, it?
0: very quickly, Cree. I imagine you chose Singapore because um, Verstappen didn't win it, and Red didn't win it. Oh
2: uh, yeah, no, that was
1: exactly why I
0: didn't. Was... Yeah. Who won? Singapore? Science. Science the uh, uh, did. Real I mean,
1: the this was a very good run,
2: run by science. The... The young one. No, the young, no, not the, the, the rally
1: legend, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> For reference. Uh, no, it was basically... Sorry. No, yeah, no, sorry. sorry. Uh, yeah, it was just basically because
0: Sykes won and he did a very good drive and Verstappen didn't win. <laughs> which, is, which is nice. May, long may it continue it's into good. next yeah.
3: year. That was the, the race where we had one of the best bits of team radio, I think, wasn't it? Where, where Ferrari told Carlos... Right, Landos within a second he will have DRS and Carlos came back and said yes I know that's on purpose <laughs> that's oh. some clever driving I no have to it wasn't say. clever. Not
0: to it, to it. I'm not going to get into it because we, it'll be too long but I disagree with that tactic um <laughs> anyway one of the two biggest ones Car of the year Cree what's the nominations
1: uh, the nominations for car of the year. Or bike, ah, oh. no Ferrari 499P, e. yep, the Red Bull RB19, the Toyota GR010, the BTCC Ford Focus S team, specifically Team Napa Racing, uh, and the Toyota Supra uh, GT300, GT500. Technically, two different cars, but <laughs> <laughs> Uh And the winner,
0: by well, the winner controversial is, decision, is.
1: is, is uh, it's the Toyota Supra. I mean, it's not. Uh, it's the Ferrari Four
0: Nine Nine. Yes. The Ferrari Five Pound Note. Um, I uh, I am extremely salty about this one, so I'll let Al and Sam discuss it. <laughs> um, I but, just uh, think it was no, just just so, you know, just make sure you know, just winning one race in a year is, is is better than winning every single other race. You know, that's that's fine. You you do go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's just the most important race. Championship. Championship.
2: Yeah, so Sean is right. The Ferrari only managed to take one win this year. Realistically, the Toyota is the better car. The reason I voted for the Ferrari, however, is partly the hope it represents for the 2024 season and beyond in sports car racing. It's great to see Ferrari back in a works capacity for the first time since the 70s because realistically the triple three sp was sent out to die and was never really designed to. sent win out to it was...
0: die is the most successful ferrari ever made
2: yeah but it was never re- it was designed to the world sports car regulations not the lmp regulations it was never really it was built as an american championship car not as a lamar car this is ferrari's first real attempt to win Le Mans since the 70s and the battle with porsche so it's great to see that for the sport it's great to see promise from the Ferrari, especially at Sebring taking the first pole of the year. They have issues, especially with getting the front tyres to warm up, and getting the tyre wear right, but there's potential there. And I think Ferrari's win at Lamar, while there may be some controversies around it in some regards, they fought for that victory. The Toyota was definitely the better car. Ferrari earned that victory though. They were helped along the way slightly by the BOP changes. However, Toyota gave it their all. So did Ferrari. They put forward a good race. And I think that 499 can only get better from here. And I think it's a great promise for what sports car racing can maybe deliver in the coming years.
3: It is also gorgeous. It is just so... It, it sounds great, it looks great, and it is fast. And that's all I really want. That's fine.
2: I think um, it has the biggest rear-wing end plates in the WEC. Oh, by my.
3: my. <laughs> and they are huge, yeah.
2: Um, Bigger than Purchase.
3: No, a, well, yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, but no, it's a great-looking car. It's it's fast, it sounds cool. That's that's the main reasons I picked it, not going to lie to you. Um, You'll be, and, you'll be shocked uh,
0: to hear I thoroughly disagree.
3: Yeah, Sean, you voted for the Toyota the GR10.
0: The only reason Which Ferrari I won, look, is the better
2: car from the Toyota
0: By a mile, here. by an quite literally by a mile. The only reason Ferrari <laughs> won is because they because Toyota had like four tons of ballast, had an air restrictor the size of a five pence piece, and it, it, they were absolutely shafted. And they still almost won. Yeah. But that's, but that's I okay. I don't
2: disagree. But as I say, I think I think Ferrari being back is important in its own ways. And Ferrari winning, the team did a great job to make the most of that package. They could so easily, even with the cards stacked as they were, fumble that. Because I mean, how often have we seen the Ferrari F1 team? Not the same team. No, but what I mean is Ferrari as a manufacturer, how often have we seen them in the top level of motorsport recently have a great car? So I'm thinking of uh, when Vettel was there, when they had Vettel and Leclerc against Hamilton and Bottas. They had great cars at times in Formula 1 and they just completely fumbled it time and Mm. again. So this seems to be what happens when Ferrari design a car and then hand it to a competent team to run it. So, yeah... Ferrari F One, AF of course are coming twenty twenty five.
0: No, I, I I do very 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 much like the four nine nine P, but um, I can I, I can't disagree with you more. Um, Cree, why did you pick the Supra? Ah, uh,
1: it's it just because it won both the Super GT and the G oh, the GT five hundred and GT three hundred plus again, in probably one of the most competitive racing series on the planet, in my opinion.
2: Isn't one of those cars based on a spec chassis, and the other one built to? Doesn't you know, matter. That's, it why I've, that's why. I've,
1: that's why. I've, <laughs> that's why I've, the, the GT300 car is not. With for a start, it's 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 a Stelvio favorite. The um, Green Brave
0: Toyota yeah. GT300 yeah.
1: Supra. So technically speaking, the GT300 Supra is still a Supra. Uh, but no you're right, the G T five hundred is not a super, but it looks
2: like yeah. so super on the back. The two cars share in common the light.
1: Probably, yeah, probably the lights, yeah.
2: Actually I'm not even sure of that because the GT five hundred probably has a carbon rear structure to the headlights. <laughs> <laughs> um No, I think I think for me the reason why it's the Super is the year is just
1: how it just keeps going. It's it, it was introduced what, two or three years ago now? And it just keeps winning and it just keeps doing well and it's still an unbelievably difficult car to be.
0: Just and like, it's not
1: often you see somebody win both season.
0: Hmm. gone. Just like the Red Bull RB nineteen that Monty voted for. Um there's not much more to say apart from hmm. it. Again, it also only lost one race this year.
2: Yeah, yeah. it was yeah, I'd like to point out. the single best F one car on the grid, undeniably. I yeah, side yeah.
1: with Sean for being incredibly unfair because my car, Sean's car and Monty's car all dominated their championships but the car that was voted car of the year won one goddamn race. <laughs> which it was, which yeah. it was gifted
0: by the yeah, rule I, I,
2: I even agree with Sean that GR010 was the better car. Then why didn't you vote for
0: it? Oh, but it's on promise. Oh, I promise Ferrari will do well in Formula One at some point. Oh, let's give, let's give that old car, the car of the year, the one that lost every bloody race. <laughs> Oh, it, you make this it is an anyway.
2: unexpected side benefit of yeah. for the Ferrari, is it? Annoyed Sean. Even though Sean loves Ferrari. I do love
0: Ferrari. I love the 499P. But you can't give an award for something that lost!
3: <laughs> but it won. Oh, it, it won. It won one race, and it was a very long race. <laughs> that makes yeah, it all right I mean,
2: then. Yeah, pre voted for a race that only. Yeah, it was a team that only managed to win one race that year.
0: <laughs> okay, that's a, yeah. For sure, for sure. When, when Peugeot finished fourth at Le Mans next year, we go oh, car of the year! That it's, it's given us promise that they might do well at some point.
2: If Peugeot win Le Mans next year, I am a hundred percent voting that car. Oh, so am I. No matter who wins the championship?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the big one. These last two just make it sound like auto sport. Let's not ruin it. Um, the driver slash rider of the year. Uh, who would like to read this out?
2: So I'll read this one out, shall I? Go for um, it. Actually, that might be a problem. <laughs> Couple in no- uh So, Alvaro Batista? Bautista. Bautista. Um They are from MotoGP. I guess? No, he
0: used to be. He's the now double. World Superbike Champion.
2: Uh, congratulations to this gentleman. We then have Ben Keating, Sarah bovi Ash Sutton, uh, Max Verstappen, Francesco Baggini. <laughs> Baggini. <That's only> <laughs> my Italian is not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, my Italian is just... I should have let Sean Oh, him brilliant. Himself. Uh, Calais, and Pera. That one I do know. Yep. And the squirrel that won Le Mans for Ferrari. Rest in peace. Yes, rest yep. in peace. Um, for those that should that... be
3: on the, uh, the next one, really, shouldn't it? The Lifetime Achievement Award for that. God,
0: Yeah, for those image.
2: that don't know, the second <laughs> that Le Mans what? had a um, a notable amount of aero damage from hitting a squirrel at about three in the morning. <laughs>
0: i'm, I'm, I'm yeah. i i think i need to change my vote for the moment of the year and change it to Al saying bagini. Anyway. um uh, the, the winner al the
2: winner is max verstappen Boo. To come over all autosport Yeah That's like yeah. very hard to vote against him unfortunately a season where i think he only lost one or two races he is undeniably a fantastic driver um While I have my complaints about his driving style, he is undeniably fast, and yeah, really a benchmark between him and the RB19, where the other teams in Formula One really need to step their game up at this point. Yeah,
1: he
3: he was. No one is responsible
2: for their dominance, but the other teams.
3: Yeah, he was only off the podium once this season, and that was in Singapore. He had one fifth place, two seconds, and he won every other race. So it was pretty impressive for really. Oh, no,
0: absolutely. Incredible season. He also uh,
3: led this season 1,003 laps. That's irrelevant. Which is 75.7% seven, of the laps led. In um,
2: fact, well, also well, more well, laps than Icols ran this year.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. Um, he also had the highest points difference between first and second in the World Championship. Objection, Donner. Nice Irrelevant.
0: Match. Point okay. system.
3: Alright. Uh, yeah, I won't
2: bother with the rest of these stats then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Basically, Max Verstappen, very quick. Well done. Uh, someone he cued he, he the drove, he drove sure very the car up. fast,
0: car fast. Yeah,
2: yes, someone queued the Dutch national said. anthem. I'm sure the FIA had partridge in a pear tree.
3: You've lost me there,
0: I'm not going You to you, you don't hear the Dutch National Anthem here and a partridge in a pear tree every single time they go through it. No, I hear the Dutch national anthem. Okay. That's the that's the, the um the moment for next year is you don't need to listen to that and not hear in a partridge in a pear tree. There we go. Anyway. Um Last one, because on. know Cree. No, Cree we're gonna, is a very No, we're gonna, mm. we're, gonna, <laughs> give, <laughs> we're, gonna go we're gonna we're gonna give fair due to the others. Uh, okay. Sam and I basically split the vote between the AM drivers for them not getting an award.
3: Yeah, I voted for Ben Keating because um, he did a really, really good job this year in that Corvette in one endurance.
0: And I would argue Sara um, Bowie did a better job.
3: Arguably, but she didn't win the
0: championship. No, nope, that's very yeah, true. Is
2: this not the thing? Is the same <laughs> thing as before nine nine versus the
0: Toyota, but reversed?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, and Al it's okay, because
2: this time Sean voted for the one that lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, but she didn't lose; her teammates did. <laughs> and and oh, uh, oh. Um, Al, Al, Robin Parra—no, no shock there at all.
2: No, Robin Perra, one of the talents of the WRC, and someone who's going to be very hard to beat in coming years. Seemingly, his own—the only weak spot in his armor—is him getting bored. Yeah. he's doing yeah. a partial program in 2024 however I will put a fiver on it right now But we're going to see him having won the WRC next year as well
0: good let's move on to the last proper award which is uh, of course the um, the Sterling Moss Racing Lifetime Achievement Award for any car driver or motorsport person or thing which uh is seeing the end of their days this year. Uh, who would like to yeah. read this one? Well, there's only three of these.
3: I'll run through those. So we have Franz Tost, who was uh, the long-time uh, team boss at Toro Rosso and then later, latterly, um, the AlphaTauri team in Formula One. Um, he's retiring at the end of this year, so he won't be out um, races next year. The Honda NSX, GT500, which I assume is being retired at the end of this year as well.
0: Yeah, for it's probably
3: the oldest. Yeah, so being replaced by a Civic, which is an interesting one. <laughs> um, but uh, that's been one of the older Class 1 cars, I guess, wasn't it, really? And then GTE, which ah. is unfortunately end
0: has ended and will be lost to the annals of time. Now, this one did originally have a split vote, but then due to some jiggery-pokery, we, we now have a winner.
2: <laughs> yeah, several people, I think, changed their vote on this after a last-minute entry to the list.
0: Yeah. Uh, Al, who is the winner of the, the, winner uh, the is... Lifetime Dream Award? GTE. So there. Yeah. The GTE
3: class that we've seen in the World of Jira's Championship for the last, well, 15 years, I assume, Al, or so? Uh, 2010. Uh, not quite that long,
2: because it yeah, it's an evolution of the old GT2 regulations. Okay. Yeah, GTE took the mantle after GT1 collapsed and at times has delivered us some really close racing. Some of the best um, BOP the WEC has ever managed to implement. Uh, great races from Ferrari, Porsche, Aston Martin. Lotus. Uh... Yeah, Lotus briefly. Uh, Twenty seventeen definitely comes to mind as a Panels. great race Viper. for. Yeah, the Vipers as well. Uh, yeah, battles on the last lap for cars in GTE. GTE was normally a class that could deliver incredibly close races, and we saw great variety in it through the years. So, while I. While the last couple of seasons have not been the best reflection on what GTE was, when we look at its peak in sort of 2015, 2016, when we had Porsche, BMW, Ferrari, Ford, Aston Martin, Corvette, we had a great variety, and GTE could deliver great racing at its prime. So, yeah, its time in the sun has ended, but I think we will all have fond memories of the GTE class. Yep,
0: I agree.
3: Roll on GT3, which we cl- we called that about five years ago.
0: Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah only, only, only only because I forgot GT3 existed back then. <laughs> Basically,
3: yeah. Sean we said we got a modified rule set that, that you could use all the way around the world in lots of different series. Then we went, hang on, that's GT3.
0: Look, I still think the DTM class ones <laughs> would have been a good GT class. It would have been. It would have been awesome.
2: But. Had it had more than two manufacturers yet? Yeah, well, guess, <laughs> yeah. six at its peak, but then BMW came over all BMW. Actually, yeah. no, it was Mercedes this time. Well, wasn't it was it? Mercedes,
0: yeah. then Audi, and um, Aston.
2: Yeah, it's very rare that BMW were the last people to quit a class. And They're a quite way. often the first. Yeah, there's mm. my monthly dig at BMW most. Great <laughs> cars normally the first people to quit. so...
0: Serial quizzes. Um, Cree, Honda NSX
1: GT500. Uh, well, yeah, as you say, it's being replaced by the Civic next year. Well, it's not really, really being replaced. As I mentioned, they're not really.
2: It's being
1: cars. rebodied they're, as
2: they're,
1: a Civic. Yeah, it's being rebodied as a Civic, which is just a really odd thing to do. But Honda don't really have any other sports cars. So they kind of have to use the Civic.
2: No, the last um, time... Really the NSX... Position they used a pre-production prototype because Super GT's rules are about as tight as an open window. What well, the HSV10? I the love that car. Brilliant. Yes. Yes, but it wasn't a series production car. Was You're it?
0: telling me that I can't go to Honda's dealership and buy an HSV10? No.
1: You definitely can't now. No.
0: <laughs> but I can go and buy that Civic. Um, you can buy a Civic.
1: You can, exactly. So that's why it's being used. Although uh, it's basically, from what I actually understand, it's the same chassis as last year. Oh, sorry. It's the same chassis as this year. It's just being rebodied as a Civic. As a well, yeah,
2: they've been the same. Basically, what Honda have done is taken the convergence idea that DTM and Super GT had and decided they're going to build a DTM car. God, I
1: hate that. That's set of rules Anyway. Um, yeah, no, basically, because it started out as quite a, as an ugly duckling, because it was because they ran it as as the production car, which was mid-engined, it was horrendous. It was dog slow. Then they got it working. Then I said,
2: the tub was never designed to be mid-engined.
1: No, it was kind exactly. Of so
2: it just never.
1: It just never worked. And then a certain Jensen Button and now Yamamoto decided to drive it uh, and ended up winning the championship twice. I think
2: at least once.
1: Yeah, uh, then
2: un-proofing. Honda decided I know go on I was going to say proving what I always said when he was a Formula 1 driver which is this man would make a very good endurance driver and lo and <laughs> behold he made a very good endurance driver <laughs> in one it, of the and most and he will competitive... do next
1: year yeah. Uh, and um, yeah they then decided and rightly so they moved it to front, front mid-engine even though that's not what the car was I think that had to be agreed by the equivalent of the um. Like the FIA for Japan, I think um, because it has to be representative of the sports car, they couldn't initially change it from mid-engine, but then they had to um, beg, borrow, and steal, and eventually they agreed to move it to mid- midship front engine.
2: Yeah, I believe it's uh, JAF, the Japanese Automobile Federation. Yeah, are, they're the FIA's kind of representative in Japan, and they oversee Japanese <clears throat> motorsport. Mm. Mm. Uh,
1: and then it just kind of went downhill it just became uncompetitive when the Super turned up um, mm. and then Nissan retired its R35 it just after became the lone starring now after a million years um, and then it's now on its last legs and we'll finish this season and probably at the right time
0: and that's the end of the proper awards we now just have our ones to watch for next year Cree um, you have to make a runner
1: I do. My one to watch is the 296G GT300 because, it's, as I mentioned before, it's one of the most competitive classes with one of the largest fields going around. Um, and the GT300 class is, because of its BOP and the way that it works, um, f- at some point it will, I-, I expect it to win a race at some point based on the rule set. Well, wow. um, But to see how well it does over the season will be interesting. Whether or not it will compete with the Supra, I don't think it will.
0: Well,
2: yeah, to add to what Chris said, though the 296 had a really impressive debut year in GT3. This year, winning the Nurburgring 24-hour, being a very competitive car, I agree, I agree with Bree. <laughs> I think it's going to be a great car to see in GT300.
3: Yeah, well, it's not too dissimilar to the GT3 as well, so it will. It no, it be.
2: is GT3 spec. Yeah, I thought uh, it was GT300. Run either GT3. GT300 rules or the GT300 mother chassis, so the 296 will be running to GT3 rules, just with yeah. open tyre.
0: It will be impressive if the G- if 296 does win a race, because as I, we discussed a couple of weeks ago, Ferrari haven't won a, uh, a a second division race in at least a decade, more than a decade.
3: Yeah, exactly. This is the thing, isn't it? Um, but uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, The other ones to watch this year, Al, I think you said uh, BMW joining World Endurance.
2: Yes, I specifically tip BMW Team WRT, who I am scared of. (laughs) The The question
0: is, will BMW quit before they can win the championship?
2: (laughs) I hope not. I mean, this is the thing. So WRT fantastic gt3 team i think a Mm. bit of a surprise when they defected from audi to bmw i think mostly because of audi's withdrawal from their lmdh program i think wrt were essentially promised that car because they came to lamar competing lmp2 won lmp2 on their debut which considering how competitive lmp2 is at the top end was amazing uh
0: yeah, but also everyone knows that car and has a data sheet for that car.
2: Yes, but that's what the point is with L M P two it's a team it's a been a category where you have to be an exceptional team to win it. Because the cars are the same car you've got to get everything else right. And that's what impressed me with WRT. And one thing things that always impresses me with WRT, they're a very well-organized team. Add to this, for their WEC program, they have also signed Raffaele Marciello, who mm. is for one of Ferrari's biggest losses, I think. So huh. I believe he was a Ferrari f one Academy driver at one point and is now... Has been for the past few years the world's top GT driver. Realistically, the weakest link in this setup for the WEC is the BMW M Hybrid V8. Yeah, and if anything <laughs> is going to let this setup down, it is going to be that BMW car. Which chassis is it WRT. underneath? That? Is it
0: uh, that's Dilara, yeah.
2: the same Delara as the Cadillac?
0: So, just so it really just needs BMW to sort out their aero to be more efficient probably
2: i don't even think it's i think it's a combination of drivetrain and because while the hybrid units are spec the software is open to the teams so i think it's a combination of drivetrain hybrid software and just familiarity there's also the fact that i i'm going to be a bit mean to them i think team WRT will be able to get more out of the BMW than team RLL in America will. I think team RLL are a good team, but I don't think they're on the same level as WRT. Well, you made the same, you made the same
0: prediction with uh, Pensky and Jota and that came true.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean Jota with the 963 faster than Penske at Le Mans until Yee Ye unfortunately binned it and then <laughs> I don't think they beat them in the end at Bahrain, but had they not they got did. the penalty for the did they? I think so, yeah. Because I remember they got the penalty for the unsafe read joint. Until then they were annoying the heck out of Ferrari as well. So yeah, great work by Jota there. But I think WRT definitely my one to watch for twenty
0: twenty-four. Uh mine was the Peugeot Lamborghini entries into the WC. Obviously Lamborghini are doing the LMDH route. Um, however, it is completely different to the Porsche route, which is which. I was very happy that they were doing coming in rather than Audi. Um, yeah,
3: it is a different car, totally different car.
0: Yeah, whereas the Audi was going to be a Porsche engine with the same chassis, so it's exactly the same bloody car. Completely waste yeah. of time. Um, but the Lamborghini is a completely different chassis with a Lamborghini engine. So, double thumbs up from me. Yeah,
2: Paul. Peugeot, I'm excited to see in 2024 with their evolution. They finally followed the advice of Beyonce. They liked it, so they put a wing on it. Yes, <laughs> They've yeah,
3: actually, I saw some pictures. As I say, this week, yeah. The this actually... week, and they're very grainy photos. I'd imagine we will get some official. It always is though with Peugeot, so... isn't it? Well, maybe.
2: well, it's the same thing as when anyone claimed they saw Bugfoot. It's look, we've seen this legendary creature. Someone get the lowest resolution camera we have. <laughs> yeah. No, I think someone's had to use the full extent of their zoom on their phone yeah, to get those on that, They
0: know. should have used my camera, much better.
2: Yeah, yours was actually pretty good at once, wasn't it?
3: Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how Peugeot go. Um, they were pretty well, good. I mean, <laughs> cold, that, that, there's, two ways, there's
0: two ways to put that, Sam. We'll either see how Peugeot go, as in on track, with they go around very quickly, or see how Peugeot go out the door of the WEC because they run out of uh, big daddy fiat money.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, this could be a pretty big season for them because they've been in it near... Well, there is this, I know it's an evolution. It's the second year. oldest car. It is the second oldest car, and so you would have thought it would be the most developed at this point, really, apart from maybe Toyota, obviously.
0: Hmm.
3: Um, so they should be knocking on Toyota's door, I would have thought, um, up there with Ferrari and, and maybe Jota for next year. We'll see how we go. Um, one big thing that is not happening in the World Wollinger championship unfortunately as there is uh, no van will by Coles. unfortunately I actually really like this car having seen it at Monza it sounded cool and it ran most of the time so um... <laughs> that's
0: the bad, That's the biggest compliment you've ever given by Collez isn't there, <laughs> yeah, it exactly. it ran most of the some, time
2: um, I think that's unfortunately the problem they had with securing a 23-4 20, grid spot is their success for this year could be they ran most of the time yes yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, Um, I've made my thoughts clear on this. Um, You two generally agree with me.
2: I would have preferred to see them get a second year. I can understand why they're the ones that are having to fight for their spot on the grid. Sure, you know,
0: everyone needs to have five Porsches on the grid.
2: Yeah, I I would have gone for bike holes over an extra Porsche, but Hmm. yeah. Yeah, the problem is that the Porsche is actually going to be competitive with LMH cars, not LMP2 cars.
0: Well, I hope that um, Isotta just wiped the floor of everyone. Start I would like to
2: see do. Isotta doing well.
0: That's a cool car as well. We saw that at Bonza as well. It it sounds well. great. Some demonstrations.
3: Sounds great, yeah. That's good. good, too.
0: Good. Uh, yeah. Now, even though this isn't a voting category, everyone decided to give me a vote on this one. Uh, and most of them were for McLaren F1. Oh. <laughs> so
3: that's that's who i chose in the first instance because i think if they can and this is a big if with mclaren because this always seems to be the way that they start god awful and then pull their socks about two-thirds of the way through the season (laughs) um so if they can if they can carry momentum through from last year the end of last season into the new season and the cars really don't change much over the off season this year um I think they could easily be second best car on the grid next year after the Red Bull. Well, they were the should, second should best.
0: Be yeah
2: what I mean. Is, by the end is of the it season. going to be a linear progression or is it a sine wave where they're going to then start off good and end up god awful?
3: Hmm. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, again, I hope not. But it's they certainly made big strides at the end of the 2023 season um, to the point where we had Piastri getting podiums regularly, Lando on the podium regularly Um, and I think there's still a big step to catch up with Red Bull but they've closed the gap they've definitely closed the gap and I think probably at the end, you have to say the last few races I would have said they were the second best car Mm -hmm. and they might have had some bad luck here or there that meant they didn't quite get results they wanted but I think they were better than Ferrari and, and Mercedes, so
0: yeah, I think, yeah, fingers crossed. I wouldn't be wholly upset if McLaren comes second next year beating Mercedes and Ferrari, because I don't particularly fancy Mercedes or Ferrari <laughs> in the last couple of years. <laughs> well, the, and that is, you like that
2: Ferrari, though.
0: I do like Ferrari. I don't like their driver choice, I don't like the team principal, and I don't like the way they operate, but I like Ferrari. Mm. Also I, don't, also, also, I don't care, because they got a, a Le Mans car, which does quite well. Yeah, it's this car of the year. Well, um, hmm, yes.
3: <laughs> <sighs> but no, so that, that probably rounds things up, really, I think it? it does.
2: Well, I think we had one final entry, which was Sean's blood pressure should he watch the WEC. Yeah,
0: yes,
3: which is kind of
0: most that, interesting that is, because that's, of the lack of fan wall. Definitely one to watch. I will be watching it with it no, is. with very little interest. <laughs> Uh, So that does it for 2023, that's the award show, Um, thank you very much to Cree, Sam and Al for joining me. No problem. We'll be back in the new year with uh, some sort of silly podcast, probably either saying things we shouldn't or uh, making very wide, well well, Sam we've got our, oh we've still got to do our F1 review for how terrible our choices were.
3: Yeah, we need to run through that. I can't do that this afternoon. Yeah, no we'll, do, no, we'll do it at some point.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I just remembered that, that's just come to my mind right now, that uh, we need to see how awful we were. Yeah. But, um, yes, we'll see us in the new year. Um, follow us on social media, at Stelview Auto. Um, any final words from you two?
3: Um, yeah, really just follow us on social media. Um, donate to the National Autistic Society, or uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, but Monty's National charity.
0: Um, send them a donation. It's Chris. I'll put I'll put a link in the website. Yeah. Anything from you, Al? In
2: 2024, go to your local racetrack. Club yeah. ra- While well, we haven't talked about it because these are sort of more internationally focused. Club racing, wherever you are in the world, is. A great thing to go see, uh, yeah. Just Do go it. to your local track.
0: And on that, if you're trail. in the
2: UK, there is plenty of good stuff. If you're in America, there's lots of good stuff. Yeah, wherever you're listening from, go to race enjoy car.
0: Unless you're in Switzerland,
2: in which case, go to go Germany,
0: dance. yeah, or Belgium, <laughs> Italy, or any any of your neighbours. Right, that's it. Take care and goodbye. Goodbye.